The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmitz. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. surprised when I took the Nebraska job. I knew there were a lot of things that needed to be fixed. Uh, the ship needed to be righted. A disappointing loss for Scott Frost. Cornhuskers have now lost their first two games for the first time since 1957. Was there ever a point where you've looked at what you're doing and thought, how can I improve? The coaches are always looking for ways that they can do things better. Uh, if you're not evolving, then you're stale and stagnant. It's been three years of hard work. Day by day, we get better and better. Our unit is better, our leadership's better, and our coaches are better. Welcome to it. Weekend Editions here. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. You heard the man there, Scott Frost. Today, that narrative can change. And it's been uh, a building narrative. Nebraska, Illinois, we are in Champaign. Road show yesterday, road show this morning. And, of course, real red reaction from Hands immediately following Nebraska's win today against the Illini. Our uh, road oh, show powered right? by is it a win? Arrow Brokerage and uh, Ferris Financial Group. We bring in Mark Cranach. Cranach, man, it's been a long time coming, brother. It is finally football season and a chance to change that narrative change that discussion point change uh the the naysayers and it's just one game but brother it's a big game great to be back with you for another season man yeah it is is fantastic but you know what i'm gonna take a page out of what the head coach is doing right now if you're cool with it and for the remainder of this show i'm just gonna talk in like eight second increments (laughs) i'm just like you're right, Chris. I'm very much looking forward to the season. I think these guys got a lot to prove. Next question. Now you talk. That's it. That's all I got. That's that's how the rest of the show is going to go, if you don't mind. Although, do you I do. really add much more than that anyways on a typical week? I think you do. Mm. And what what I've got adding right now is some some brutal acid reflex. As I, I noticed that. What you, you I mean, I, you I, went, I went to champagne be- last night. I, <laughs> or what brother, I went to... I went to a couple spots, and I was in bed by 10.30. I had a half slab of ribs, oh. and uh, that that's it. I, I'm hiccuping like uh, 
like a wino. Forgive me. But no, I'm of uh, clear mind and body right now, allegedly. Listen, uh, I'm slightly older than you, but bro... I think you got to put down the ribs. I think the time has come now. I think I think from now on, dude, you're, you're a 5.30 a.m. wake-up call, and you need grapefruit. <laughs> can, I, can I get some insure, too? <laughs> Just, it's time, man. It, it happens to everybody. I need to, go, you're, you're, I need to go with the grapefruit. Is- uh, the grapefruit and the brand, the the brand cereal. Your body, <laughs> Get my your fiber. body has put up with your BS for the, how long? Like it, it's time for grapefruit, plain oats. Uh, you know, I mean, we got decaffeinated show coffee, right? <laughs> hey, it is it is good to be with you. It is good to check in with Hale Varsity Weekend Edition. We are uh, loaded up. Had a great sit down yesterday uh, with Brock Eward. He's former, so uh, Wash- he's, I yeah, really he's like him. I really like his analysis too. Like, yeah, he's very thorough, mm-hmm. right? And it, you know what? You know what I like about him too, Chris, is like when you talk to him. And I'm assuming that's who we're going to have on the rewind, right? Yes, I was in getting the next, there. Yeah, the rewind sorry, is, is coming up. No, in, in in twenty minutes with uh, Brock Eward. Yes. Yeah, sorry to cut you off, but the thing with him is that he really does seem studied. You know what I mean? Like, I think the most annoying part of watching, you know, national level broadcasts is when you encounter a color commentator or play-by-play guy that clearly just doesn't really study up on the team or really know what's up. That is not the case with Heward, (laughs) you know? Like, he really does study up and, like, the things he talks about are completely relevant and make total sense. He dives in. He sits down. Mm-hmm. He communicates. He's played it. He understands it because Brock Eward's the guy that had all sorts of hype. He had all sorts of anticipation. He's a guy that's won a lot of ball games in college. Third round draft pick with the uh, the Seahawks, and and he's been doing this college thing with ESPN and Fox as as one of the main guys for. For years, and he's pretty well connected with Coach Frost. You go back to the Central Florida uh, Peach Bowl win over Auburn, and and, and Brock was on that call, and uh, Brock's uh, squared off against Scott as, as a competing quarterback. You go back to mm-hmm. a, a pretty key moment and response opportunity with Scott Frost in his career, 1997, Nebraska at Washington, and that was the coming out party for, for Coach Frost as a player. And uh, I think, you know, you can look at today as the ups and downs have happened. It's not been an easy road at all. Uh, we talk about just what, what's been expected and, and what's actually happened. There's, there's mm-hmm. been no breaks, right? And uh, this isn't to, to start off at 7.12 this morning whining. It's not at all. But there's just nothing that's really broken right for Nebraska in three years. Got to make your own breaks in a lot of instances, but there's been a lot of things also out of Nebraska's control. Uh, This Mm. is within Nebraska's control today where you're bigger, you're stronger, and you're determined to get off on the right foot, use what, what you have, and a lot of teams have the super senior angle. Illinois has 17 back, right? 
but mm-hmm. but Nebraska has some key guys that are super high level, and Nebraska's maturity I think is going to be the story uh, of today around four o'clock when this thing is done. It'll be about the head coach's maturity. It'll be about his staff's maturity, and it's going to be about his his guys on that defensive side of the football and his quarterbacks maturity that'll that'll get Nebraska fans to smile. Uh, you're smiling anyway because it's football season. It's game day. Nebraska, Illinois, Hale Varsity on the road. But you're going to be smiling here in a Nebraska win because of the team's maturity. They finally get to, 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 to silence the critics, to silence the doubters. And we've heard a lot this, this offseason about chip on said shoulder. And great. You can talk about it. Now go do it. And that's what Nebraska fans have been waiting to see is is the mm-hmm. action on Saturdays and the action uh, when it comes to that team makeup. I mean, it, details and maturity are, are kind of hand in hand here. It's about uh, your execution. It's about lack of penalties. It's about, you know, taking care of the turnovers, all that boring crap you expect to just you snap your fingers and it's it's a well played clean ball game well the team makeup is is full of guys that have played a ton of football and i can't wait to see adrian martinez do his thing because of not only how he's kind of carried himself this offseason but just his vibe his mood his tone and that's one thing that struck me about uh brock ewards discussion and sit down with with adrian martinez that kind of it didn't blow me away, but it's it's something I you know noted and let's underline a couple of times where the confidence based on the ability to work with with some of the guys on the team this year, either the running back room or or this receiving core that'll be big today. Uh, that that was was something I noted that Brock really highlighted yesterday in his discussion with us. That's well, that's interesting to know because I think we all think that and know that. And there's a difference between local media and national media just in terms of intensity of how much they're followed, right? Like, so of course, n- n- local media will know far more nu- nuance than a national uh, reporter or uh, commentator would. So the fact that that stuck out to him. Because mm-hmm. probably the last, I mean, when was the last time he spoke with Adrian? It's probably been a while, right? Probably the Colorado game. Probably the Colorado game in in, uh, there you go. in 19. Yeah, so so obviously he can notice a, you know, he there's a long gap in between there <laughs> where a di- any sort of difference would be very noticeable to him. Mm-hmm. Whereas with us, we, we see the evolution over time and you don't notice it as much, right? So that's that's encouraging to hear that from him. Um, and you touched on a couple things, Chris, and like we talked about it last uh, earlier this week, where you equated this to Scott Frost's Washington moment, and I, I think it's important to reset for people who were I don't know sub zero years born. old, yeah, <laughs> when it happened, um, and even for just you know the rest of us old folk that uh, <laughs> whose memory is failing us a little bit, but we need grapefruit in the morning. To, to reset how that happened. So this is this was Frost entering his second year as a starting quarterback in 97. Um, and 96, it, you know, it, it, it's all relative. So it sounds kind of ridiculous now. Um, but people were not <laughs> high on the guy, right? And it's because right. they lost two, right? They lost, they got shut out at Arizona State 19-0, and that was just like a shocker 
that did, I mean, just never had Nebraska hadn't been shut out since like, what was it? 92 orange bowl versus Miami, 22, nothing. I mean, it, it had been like five years since Nebraska had been shut out. It was just an unfathom, unfathomable to think that that could possibly happen. So, and that kind of set the tone for the rest of the season where everybody was uneasy. And then Nebraska kind of surged back and got to the big 12 championship game. And then Texas pulled off the upset. Nebraska was dealing with a ridiculous like stomach bug where half the team was sick and you know, but whatever. So they didn't end up kind of meeting their goals coming to 97 Frankie London is on the team. He's a backup quarterback to Scott Frost. Frost is getting booed because I think Washington was week three, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Does yep. that sound about right? Yep. Yeah. So so in the games before that, the, some home games, Frost wasn't playing particularly well. There was an audible uh, dissatisfaction from the crowd. Everybody wanted Frankie London to come in. Frost's back was against the wall, just straight up. So you go out to Washington, you have a national a national game, which at the time was a little fewer and farther between, right? Like there's, there weren't as many national games back then, right? Or there just weren't as many games, period, televised. So it was like the game afternoon. Washington was a top five team, if I'm not mistaken, top 10 number at least. Two in the Number two in the country. So they were number two. Nebraska was what, third, fourth, something like Seven. that? I mean, what was it? Seventh. Seven. There you go. Okay, so number seven versus number two on the road. Frost back against the wall. And the dude played his A off. I mean, played great. Great game plan. Had a couple rushing touchdowns from from distance. Um, Nebraska rolled. And that kind of set the stage for Frost being, uh, you know, one of the better quarterbacks that's ever played in Nebraska. And the – you equating today to that, I think, makes sense because it is a nationally televised game. There isn't a ton of football on today. It's week zero, right? So it's it's all eyes on Nebraska. And very much like in 97, 24 years ago, there are plenty of doubters. There is plenty of vocal opposition to what's going on in Lincoln. Um, just based on the on-field results and then some of the off-the-field stuff. It is, you touched on it. Not only has the play not measured up, but compounding that has also been bad luck. <laughs> Both things are true. I don't think you were sitting here saying, no, Nebraska just hasn't had the ball bounced away. They'd have been so much better. That's true. It's also true that the team hasn't performed very well at the basics. You combine all those things together, and that's 12 and 20 in three years. So you're, you're, the analogy here is spot on. The question is, does he repeat this time as a coach, this time with Brock Heward in the booth versus on the field trying to <laughs> run away from Peter and Wistrom? It, is this where Frost finally cements himself, cements the program, starts to lead this thing like everybody thought he would? Again, much like when he was the quarterback at Washington in 97, where there were plenty of doubters, but that dude came out, he balled, played really well, became one of the most physical quarterbacks the game's ever seen, period. And that's not hyperbole. You'd have to go, it's like him and Taysom Hill and then a bunch of other people. Um, <laughs> you know, like he, I, he took control of that team 
and the rest was kind of history. You saw what happened to Peyton Manning at the end of the, the end of the thing, right? You saw what happened to Tennessee at the end of the, that campaign. Nebraska pulls off their third national title. I, I think this game is very much like that. Frost does not have a ton of support. I mean, he's, he does. Look, he's, he's not at like the Mike Riley or Callahan stage. I'm not saying that. But there are enough doubters, and, and I think rightfully so, right? He's got a new athletic director, even though it's Trev, and Trev is a, a, a Husker, and, it, you know, it, it seems like he will give Frost the benefit of the doubt. It has to happen today. Today, you this is Illinois. <laughs> Look, that that's not a great team. I, I, I don't even think you can call them a good team. They're not. Nebraska needs to hammer those guys today. Hammer them. We'll see if they do. Mark we'll Cradak, Chris Schmidt, Hale Varsity Radio Weekend Edition on the road in Champaign. Uh, our uh, road show powered by Arrow Brokerage, Ferris Financial Group. Cranach, it, it is a shot here for Scott Frost to, with the headset and ball cap on, perform. Get his guys ready. Mm-hmm. Expect and to get his guys to perform at the level the fan base absolutely has been dying for them to perform at. And, you know, we, we saw it as a player, and, and now you get a chance to see it as a coach. And we're not we, – we, we can be idiots, but we're not trying to be idiots this morning with comparing a, a number two team in the country to a program – and and kind of reset done at Illinois. We understand there there are apples and oranges or grapefruit, uh, if you will, uh, with the differences in program and stage, and, and team that's that you're, you're competing against. the The Huskies in in '97 were a Rose Bowl favorite, okay, and a national championship yeah. contender. Uh, Illinois and Coach uh, Coach Brett are. Hoping not. to really surprise <laughs> and maybe not finish last this year. All right, in the West, and you know this is this is brick one uh, for for Brett Bielema, who inherits some some good ball players, but for whatever reason, Chase, it just Chase didn't work Brown out. Can run the ball, yeah, yeah. Well, and and that that's the other thing we talk about. You know, this moment for Scott Frost as a head coach and his coaching staff. You know what what's been devised here? What's what's the game plan gonna be on offense? What's the game plan gonna de- be on defense? And are you able? We talk about maturity. We talk about details. Are you gonna have a plan? I have no doubt that Scott Frost can put together a damn great plan. Are you gonna stick with said plan? Will said plan work? And can you get your kids to go? execute the plan that you know can work you've seen it work but can you be on point as a team led by your head coach to to execute this thing and can you stick with the plan if it ain't paying off immediately to me that's what this game's about is really who's gonna be the last dude standing in a bar fight because Illinois shown their physicality the last several years against Nebraska. They have won that physical battle. They have beat up Nebraska going back to the the Riley era, right? 
they have just outslugged Nebraska. Nebraska's not always lost to Illinois, but it's it's a game you've felt and been bludgeoned a bit if you're Nebraska. Can you as Nebraska, with your big guys on the offensive line and this front seven of yours defensively that you feel great about, can you be the toughest dude in this big old ten, this Big Ten West uh, bar fight? Because you know Belam is going to try and, and make it all about slamming into bodies for four quarters. Well, that's Nebraska's signature uh, reputation, at least it was. Can it be again in 2021 where they're the most physical, toughest, deepest football team where the Red Army comes at you in waves and waves and waves and they don't relent? That's what yeah. today is also about with the defensive line rotation where Nebraska will be fresher, will be tougher. There'll be no running room for Illinois, which is how they're going to win the football game today if they win. It's because of their rushing attack. Defensively, are they going to get after Adrian Martinez? Uh, And what's Nebraska and their new stable of backs do on the ground? Uh, And then the skilled guys, right? I mean, I think if, if Illinois is going to try and stop Nebraska's run game, they'll have an extra safety in there and it's time to show too, with Nebraska's skill guys on the outside, lots of options to Ray and of course Betts and, and, and Martin and we'll see what Omar's doing and you got Austin Allen. Nebraska, if they get the one-on-one opportunity, I think Adrian feels good. He's pretty fresh right now. It's game one. Uh, we've seen him make some insane throws in his career he'll have a chance to, to hit some big plays on the outside. And, and that may have to be what happens to open up this run game uh, for Nebraska. But it is all, it, it's going to be all about who's able to stop the rush and who's going to be able to convert the rush. And uh, the, the other thing that we'll hear from Brock here in about five, ten minutes is this reality of, of what Nebraska is when it comes to uh, to gut check time. And that's yeah. the final four to five minutes of a football game that's a one-possession ball game. Mm. Uh, back to the maturity, back to the poise, and, and eventually the details that allow you to execute a game and win in a fourth quarter where you've been trading punches for 12 rounds. There's mm-hmm. so much on the table here, storyline-wise, and it could be a really fun day. It could be a, a needed day where you finally you finally get it done. And man, oh man, what, what it would be for Nebraska to have some momentum in a season, early in a season, to really get them going downhill in a great way uh, it, as, as this season progresses because of what, what lies ahead. But man, this is such an important opportunity and statement for Nebraska. Uh, last thought here, Cranack, with uh, the defensive side of the ball, too. Uh, I don't know that Illinois is going to try and make a living running between the tackles. All right. Mm, so, I don't know if they have a choice, though, Chris. I, I well, don't know if they have a choice. They, the, the they're edge, they're the really edge. depleted at receiver. I, so we'll my, my, what, what, I, what I meant is running at the, at the edges. That is, the, the, you know, Caleb Tanner wow. and whoever's playing cornerback uh, opposite Cam Taylor Britt who's ever starting or rotating in, can Nebraska's edges be iron tough against that Illinois attack? I mean, Illinois has busted a lot of runs off here the last several years, right? We're talking 
two big plays on the ground, uh, over 50 and over 60 yards, and then a couple of 30-yard pops that have been uh, house calls, right? Where'd they get those? Wasn't up the middle. (laughs) He was running uh, at, at Nebraska's outside at Nebraska's edge, so... I'm interested to see if Nebraska can can not only set the attitude but also set the edge here to keep Illinois from from just ripping off a big big time run to get them in, in scoring position. It's yeah, today's interesting too because I they both it's it's equal. It's not just Frost that's going to be facing the fact that you know what, exactly what is Illinois going to do. You don't know because it's a new staff with new coordinators and personnel in different positions. I mean, you have that Isaiah Williams who who played quarterback last year, he's now a receiver. Um, and that, that kind of tells you about their receiving core too, by the way, <laughs> they had, they yeah. moved him out there and because they need some help, you know, they just don't, they just don't have a lot there. Um, and, and then, but Nebraska's countering with some backs that have pretty much never taken a carry for Nebraska. Right. So it, look, th- th- there's no, there, there are no tendencies that either coach is going to be able to focus on. They don't know what they're going to get. I expect the I, I expect early in this game to be pretty wild. Actually, uh, I, I would <laughs> it expect be fun. seriously. I, I would expect. I would not be surprised if Illinois leaks out and gets a big play or two. Mm-hmm. You know, and same with Nebraska. It, it'll be a bit right. I think it'll take up until probably second quarter, midway through for both teams to get a feel about exactly what the other one's trying to do, make the adjustments accordingly, and then see who's a better team from there. We'll see. That that Who knows? Maybe, maybe it won't happen like that. Maybe maybe Nebraska's defense will be so suffocating that nothing works, and you know what I'm talking about is garbage here. But uh, I that, that's sort of how I expect this thing to, to happen. They, they have had the entire offseason to prepare for one another. Neither of them really knows what they're going to get. Nebraska is clearly making a transformation on offense right now. Um, but to what, we don't exactly know. But the personnel is largely different outside of the lines. Um, the receiving core is vastly reworked. The, the backfield is vastly reworked. You have a fourth-year quarterback. You, you can afford, I think, because of that, because you got stability on the lines, because you got stability with Adrian, I think you can make a transition, and I expect them to do that. And we'll see if Illinois is ready to roll um, to to counter that. And then same with Nebraska with with Illinois, right? Like Illinois is going to completely remake themselves today, and, but you don't know into what, <laughs> right? So would it surprise you to see Chase Brown leak out for a forty yard gain, fifty yard gain at some point early? It, it wouldn't surprise me at all. So how is Nebraska going to respond to that? Which is something that Trev Alberts actually said earlier this year. Like, I guarantee something bad's going to happen. <laughs> how is yep. Nebraska going to respond to that? Mark Cranach, Chris Schmidt, weekend edition, Hail Varsity Radio on the road in Champaign. And again, real red reaction live from Houlihan's patio. Immediately following a Nebraska win, we'll get our predictions, the rewind, shortly with uh, Fox analyst and college football standout Brock Yord in a little bit. Hour two, Brandon Vogel from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. And then the Iron Horse for another football season with this Gary Sharp. Uh, we are here, powered by Aero Brokerage, Ferris Financial Group. Aero Brokerage, a full-service real estate brokerage, brokerage firm. Uh, operated by local real estate investors, and they specialize in real estate investment. And it's just the beginning. They are are small and mighty uh, with talented realtors that help clients in all uh, 
faculties of real estate. That includes buying, selling, staging, investing, and more. And um, I tell you, the uh, folks at, at Arrow do an amazing job. Find out more today about Arrow Brokerage. Uh, brokerage at arrowlincoln.com is the email website, arrowlincoln.com backslash brokerage. And find them on Facebook at ArrowLNK or Instagram uh, at Arrow Lincoln uh, Ferris Financial Group. Uh, do a marvelous job, of, of course, of handling your investments, protecting your money, and uh, directing that nest egg towards uh, the right direction. Marcus Schmidt is who you contacted, 402-525-6824 for more information. A timeout, and then we will rewind it. Brock Eward sat down with us here in Champaign as he uh, had just gotten finished up with meetings with uh, Coach Bielema, Coach Frost, and uh, he has the the intel and the insight on how this thing will shake out. Great to be with you for another football season with Hale Varsity Radio Weekend, ESPN Lincoln. And uh, Brock Eward, when we come back here, the weekend continues on with Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt and uh, part of the Fox crew, a great color analyst and uh, All-American with the Washington Huskies, Brock Heward with us. And, Brock, you've, you've had a lot of experience checking out Nebraska. We, we go back to the time in the opener a couple of years ago in Boulder. We left off uh, a little bit ago about just kind of the tone, the mood, the spotlight on Coach Frost nationally and and locally, and, and oh yeah, by the way, uh, Brett Bielema, we haven't quite figured out the over-under on, on jet sweeps he's going to run <laughs> tomorrow yeah. in tribute to the Big uh, Big Ten title game from back in 2012. Yeah, yeah, they're going to do a little bit of everything. I think that's going to be some of the challenge. I know in listening to Scott with you guys back locally, you know, you can't go chasing ghosts, though, Chris. You can't spend all your time, oh, what are they going to do? Are they going to run, you know, what Peterson did at App State, what he did at East Carolina? Are they going to run what Bielema has done at Wisconsin and Arkansas? Ultimately, they're going to run the ball, okay? You know they're going to try to establish that. they got an excellent offensive line, you know, three big boys that pushed them, frankly, pushed Nebraska around last year. Right, I watched that tape back, and... Gosh, I, I got to fight that too. Like in, going into these openers, broadcasters are a little bit like coaches. You've got to fight, you know, chasing ghosts. You got to fight putting too much into that tape from last year. Because if you watch that game last year and all the personnel basically returns for both sides, mm-hmm. that was not pretty for Nebraska. And I know it wasn't Adrian, it was Luke, and it was five turnovers. But more than anything, it was at the line of scrimmage. And that's where it's going to be tomorrow. I mean, I hate to be Mr. Vanilla football analyst guy. what it is. But it is what it is. I mean, you've got just great strength and experience and power at Illinois up front. They like their two tight ends. They're going to run four guys at you. And, you know, Nebraska's got to be bigger and stronger and faster defensively in their front seven. They believe they are. Right, Coach Shenander, chatting with him as well yesterday. Like, you know, this is not back to baby steps four years ago, right? This is not installing base defense. You all know it. You've all been here. You've been in the weight room. <laughs> I'll give you one great funny little anecdote from Cam Jurgens along these lines at the line of scrimmage. I said, did I read somewhere you, you squatted 705? He's like, dude, it's not about weights in Nebraska. It's about plates. 
So I don't even know what the weight, <laughs> the total weight was. I think it was eight plates on each side. And I'm like, yep, that, that wasn't the way four years ago. But all of that is talk, and it will all come into fruition on the play and, and in the play tomorrow. It, it is line of scrimmage. I want to talk to you, and, and you know this well about rhythm. Yep. About rhythm for both quarterbacks here. Adrian, two years ago, incredible. Pulled one out of the fire. Last year he had to watch, and then it was too little too late when he got in. Mm-hmm. Brandon Peters, five-star arm. Bounced around, don't wreck the car, son. That's kind of the take on him with a good offensive line in the running game. What got you in rhythm as a quarterback, and what do you view from both of these guys that you think maybe the offensive coordinators will, will try and do? Yeah, I think it's a couple things. I think, it, it, number one, just seeing those chains move, right? Mm-hmm. All right this is a tempo system in Nebraska. There's going to be a lot of motion, shifting formations, tempo, all of that. And when you see those chains move, anybody, everybody gets into rhythm. Play caller gets into rhythm. Coordinator gets into rhythm. Quarterback and everybody follows along. So I think essentially important there. A little different, I think, on the Illinois side. You know, that is going to be just about um, being efficient. That's about seeing that line of scrimmage move. I think the quarterback's rhythm, Brandon Peters in that case, and his tempo is going to be very much guided by what does that group up front do? Adrian can can create. He can get out of chaos. He can use his legs and run. Peters, he's not that kind of – he's not a bad athlete. He's, you know, 4'7 guy. He's about my height. Sat with him today, charismatic, warm, friendly, good leader. You could captain. You see all of that in both of these guys, frankly. But I think for him, he's going to need to see like a game of -of tug-of-war on the recess – if, if Illinois is, is pulling and they're moving Nebraska, you can feel that. You know, I think I've told you the story. When I played Nebraska in 97 at Washington, that first snap, whew, I mean, I felt, I felt those guys, Christian Peters and Mike Rucker and Grant Wistrom, I, they were on me. If you want to get Brandon Peters out of rhythm, that's what you do tomorrow. You make him feel your breath. You make that air squeeze out of the pocket, and you keep him from feeling comfortable with space around him. Nebraska's defense, like Illinois, they return a bunch, but I think there's a chance for Nebraska's defense that really kind of ended the year well, and and, and they have a chance to be special against the run. Mm -hmm. I think Illinois is going to try and test that, obviously, but yeah, you're you're a thousand percent right to, well, to be aggressive be, and get after. It's going to be the edges of that Nebraska defense. That's where my eyes will be early. I think inside, you know, powerful Daniels, powerful guy. You know, he got some strength inside, but those edges. That's where Illinois last year. They did it differently last year. It's a the different guards, system, right? Yeah, it was a guard and center. Kramer's excellent. Uh, they were a little more pin and pull last year. A little more zone read. I think this year. As I watch Peterson, he likes that outside zone. Brett Bielema just spent three years in the league. What is most popular in the NFL right now? Right? You, right. Yep, some of that. So I'm looking at you, number two, Caleb Tanner. Right? I'm looking at you, 95, Ben Stilley. I'm looking at you guys to set that edge. Because if you don't do that well tomorrow, you talk about jet sweeps all you want. <laughs> if you're inside-outside run and you're winning that edge, Nebraska's – I don't – a, they're not going to cover that seven-point spread, and I don't know if they win this game if they don't stop that first. Brock Hewards with us, Sale Varsity Radio. Of course, Brock on the Fox broadcast tomorrow. Uh, plenty of college football and, of course, his time with the NFL coverage with Fox. And, Brock, when we flip it around here, the Illini are, are getting into this 3-4, which is, is kind of new to them. That's what. Are you that's sure what, they are? 
Well, it's uh, one of the other. Look, you probably are. So and hit the brakes. Are they going to see some three four? Yes, I think they're going to see. Okay. No, that's fine. I don't. I didn't stop you. Go ahead. It was a good train of thought you had, but I don't. I don't so, know what they're going to do. The, okay, the Illini yeah. under Brett are a three man front, but they they've been so good at dro- bringing that fourth man up. Yep. So my my question is this: is is it really about patience for Nebraska on offense against the Illini defensive line from a depth standpoint? Is this body shots and then the payoff in the fourth quarter? Well, I, I'll tell you the hard thing watching Nebraska the last couple of years, right? And I talked to some of my colleagues that have covered them and seen them as well, and we all say the same thing, man. At, at Oregon with Scott and at UCF, right, there was no need for speed. It was everywhere. Mm-hmm. It was just a blur. I covered those games. Called his Peach Bowl when he beat Auburn. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was speed. And that's not been the case. You know that more than I do. I mean, one pass play of 40-plus yards last year, and I asked God about that. Like, man, do you have somebody this year you feel like? Because all I know is that when I played at any level, but especially college and pro, you give me man-to-man coverage, let's go. You give Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, any, you give me man-to-man, we're going to beat you if I know it's man coverage because my guy knows the route. He's going to beat you. The number, especially last year, that tape was hard to watch. You just saw man, and sorry, what are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be in your hip pocket, and you're not going to do anything. So, yeah, I do think the run's important, but what my eyes are going to watch, because they believe, Adrian said point blank to me yesterday, this is the best I've felt by receiving core, not close. We don't have one guy that can win one-on-one. We got two, three, four guys. Two Ray, you know, has had a wonderful camp. They believe in those guys. And you know what, Illinois, when push comes to shove, what that young coordinator likes to do? Play man. Mm-hmm. You know what Belichick did in New England? Played man. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to beat man coverage because there's going to be an extra guy to stop the run. There's going to be extra eyes on Adrian. So to me, that's where, yes, being patient with the run. I know Nebraska fans want to run the ball. Hell, you ran the ball second best in the conference a year ago. What would that get you? Turnovers. What would that get you? Like, you got to hit home runs. You, Devontae Smith last year, Heisman Trophy winner. Do you know how many plays of 40-plus he had? Twelve? Eight. By himself, Eight. There were only two teams in America that had less than Nebraska. That would be zero. That would be the beloved Minutemen. They were they were warriors when they You're protected nice. our country. Uh, but, but, they, but they were horrendous on the field last year. Yeah. And uh, actually Northwestern, who won the Big Ten. So you can make the argument and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. But their defense was elite, and obviously yeah. Yeah. they ran yeah, the ball pretty effectively. Defense. Brock Heward's with us. Brock, uh, just some, uh, some, some thoughts here on – your sit down, what you can share a little bit more with, mm-hmm. with, with Coach Frost and also Brett coming back to the Big Ten. What was your uh, your takeaways? Yes, yeah, Scott has said this to you all locally, and I took it a step further with him. Why? You know, this is my favorite team. I love this team. You didn't hear that the last three years, mm-hmm. right, going into the opener. But, and obviously that's because he's feeling the temperature internally and externally turn up on him. And he said it's my favorite because you you could watch all my practice tape and you won't find a loaf, right? You just see guys that are bringing it. And you know what? I felt the same thing. We actually sat down with five Illini players today, a bunch of their captains, and I was curious. They've had a physical camp hard, right? You got 42 seniors and super seniors. Are you really going to go physical in year one for Brett? Yes, they did. And they all echoed, I think, what every Nebraska guy is, and that is I'm sick and tired of being a loser, Mm-hmm. I'm tired of this losing. So if you tell me that this is going to help us win, put the pads on. Let's go, Oklahoma drill. Let's get physical. They've done that at Illinois. I think for Scott, you now have guys with four-plus years here that have been in it. 
that are, that are sick and tired of losing, that are sick and tired of hearing all of that, and now they want to go out and do something about it, and they're practicing and, and put the buy-in and played on the practice field very, very hard. Now, as you know, they got to go execute, and more importantly, in the final 10 minutes of this game where it's going to be decided. We teased the uh, one-possession record with Nebraska. They've been close. Yeah. 12 and 20 could be flipped around, or at best you split it in half, and, and you're around 500. Yep. What, what do you uh, what do you make? Why? Why has Nebraska been uh, unable to finish? You have got to be in those moments and get it done, right? You, you want to talk about experience and where does that really play itself out? Because we see freshmen come in and star. Heck, Adrian, in some ways, was at his very best his freshman year. So you can come in and, and make plays and, and, you know, have some star power. But I believe when it comes to true confidence and belief, you've got to win those kind of games to turn it. Until you do, and then when you don't, and they continue to add up, and you continue to go, okay, wow, we played some good ball for 50 minutes. Now can we get it done? Instead of thinking, now can we get it done? The flip of the switch is, we're going to get it done. Mm -hmm. We have to get it done. Catastrophic penalties, mistakes, turnovers, those have obviously been, you know, right there in the mix in those fourth quarters of not finishing those games. But but now it's got to be Adrian, you know, 53 touchdowns, 30 30 turnovers. Mm. That's that's not going to that's not going to get it done. Take care of the ball, as you guys know, will be priority number one tomorrow. They've won games mm-hmm. that are that are one score ball games in his career, and he's been a lot of the reason why. And I think back, but it's been a long time. I think back to the Michigan State State Snowball, where brutal win, mm-hmm. smarty defense. They went a nine to six classic, right? <laughs> Big Ten classic in November. But in all honesty, uh, it's been so far away and there's been a lot of kids here, Brock, that, that haven't experienced it. Mm-hmm. They're hungry That's for right. it. But it's it's between their ears too when it comes to winning time. Yeah, and in those fourth quarters and in winning time, it usually is situational football. Mm-hmm. It's usually third downs. It's usually four-minute drill. It's usually red zone. It's usually a two-minute drill. It's all of those things that you've spent the last month in every one of those situations. Uh, you would have enjoyed Bielema today. It was it was a cool 40 minutes. It was Belichickian as far as not, you know, shortness with us, but as far as just football wisdom in those two years there and feeling like he learned more in those two years there than he did in 12 years as a head coach. Mm-hmm. It is key management. That is Belichick to a T. It is those moments. I said to Scott, why? Why have you struggled so much in the red zone scoring touchdowns? And he pointed again to those catastrophic mistakes. I mean, you go backwards in the red zone, you are dead on arrival. So tomorrow, final 10 minutes, Nebraska fan, you will be like I will be. Can you close it out with a four-minute drill? Can you convert critical third downs? When you get in the red zone on the road tomorrow, 40,000 people going to be loud, hot, sticky. Are you going to score touchdowns or are you going to score field goals? You know, those will often lead to the final outcome in these one-possession games. Brock Heward with us. Brock, it's good to see you again. You as well, man. Appreciate it. You as well. Brock Heward, catch him, of course, with the coverage tomorrow, Nebraska and Illinois. A quick timeout. Hail Varsity Roadshow presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Early to rise with Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Here's Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. One final time this first hour, it's Hale Varsity Radio Weekend Edition, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, and uh, Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN Lincoln Studios on the road here in Champaign. Again, Real Red Reaction follows us after Nebraska and Illinois as uh, your chance to sound off and uh, connect with us uh, on Facebook as well as 
uh, dial that uh, Nebraska Orthopedic and Sports Medicine hotline and sound off on what you saw. We'll have plenty of takes. Halftime update also from Memorial Stadium as our post game will be a, uh, a shanked punt away from uh, where Nebraska fans are hoping to watch Nebraska get off to a 1-0 and start uh, this season. Shortly, uh, we'll hear from Brandon Vogel, Hour 2. Will uh, lead us off the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp. Great stuff there from Bronk Eward, uh, tremendous quarterback with the Huskies, NFLer, and no stranger to uh, big time ball games. His thoughts on Nebraska, on Illinois, as uh, we are set to go. We're touching gloves. Halftime's here, hour two, nearing. Our road show is powered by Arrow Brokerage and Ferris Financial Group. Hour two coming up, Mark Rennett, Chris Schmidt, Hale Varsity. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Hour two weekend editions here at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery on the road. We are in Champaign, Chris Schmidt, Mark Rainak, and Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN Lincoln studios. Connor Clark sitting in as well, and uh, we are loaded up. Great first hour, as uh, we thought and uh, shared some of those takes as to, to what Nebraska does today and why they get out of the champagne room with a victory. Uh, Brock Heward with us. Again, the podcast can find, rate, give us a good, bad, or ugly. What do you think of the show? Uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. And give us a follow on Twitter, uh, Chris Schmidt, at Schmidt underscore radio, at Mark Skurs uh, for Mark Cranach, and at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal, uh, we'll check in with the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp, shortly. We welcome in Managing Editor with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine, his book with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. We say hi to Brandon Vogel, another football season with Vogues to get us kicked off. Vogues, what is on the smoker? What's on the grill? Football's upon us. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I took the whole pork shoulder uh, all day yesterday, so... Uh had a little bit of that last night so and then i could just uh, make sandwiches as needed today so yeah do your work now, in advance brandon you <laughs> recommended to me a, a while ago to rub mustard on the yes. on the pork butt before you put it on the smoker is and i did that and it came out i mean just perfect like magic <laughs> so uh is that what you did again I did. It gives gives that uh, rub something to adhere to, and you get pretty good crust going. So that's uh, that's that's the preparation. Yeah. Well, let's let's get into the preparation of, of Nebraska football. Much like uh, Vogue's pork butt, a little mustard, a little rub, and uh, the right amount of time. Plenty of time this off season to uh, to put that rub on, so to speak. Vogue's, what do you what are you expecting today? Confidence level. And what are you watching for, Bud? I mean, what what's got the uh, the ears perked up here as you take a look at Husker football twenty twenty one? 
Yeah, uh, my confidence level, uh, my confidence level is never very high. Um, I think that's just kind of where I, I typically land. But, you know, Nebraska's a, a seven-point road favorite, and it's probably not going to be a seven-point favorite in a ton more Big Ten games. I mean, you look at it, it's kind of Northwestern, maybe Purdue. Um, it's not that against Michigan State, another road game. So that's kind of the opportunity before before the Huskers here. It's 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 a game they should win, but it's not a foregone conclusion at all in my mind. Um, I think the the best way, the thing I'm going to be watching most closely is is that run game. I think it's the easiest way to kind of get an early health check on on where this offense is at. Uh, we kind of know where they've been. They've they've been able to run the ball against a lot of teams. It just hasn't added up to to wins. The consistency hasn't quite been there. So can they do that? Can they lean on Illinois a little bit offensively um, and kind of take advantage of what's going to be a pretty pretty hot day? And I think it's going to end up being pretty tough conditions for both teams. Look, and look, rushing yards are are one thing, but are, isn't what you're talking about? more of like a structured running game. Nebraska had a great unstructured running game. McCaffrey, Martinez kind of making something out of nothing, but very little out of the tailback position consistently um, and really haven't had that since 2018. Is that more what you're talking about? Yeah, it is. The the kind of consistent gains, and, and, and it needs to, really these last two seasons, it needs to come more consistently, as you mentioned, from those running backs, you know. If Nebraska gets to halftime and, and Adrian Martinez has two, you know, memorable runs for a total of 22 yards, um, that would probably be a, a pretty good sign, um, assuming you're you're getting some production out of the, the backfield outside of him. So that, that'll be one of the first things I look for. And you look at this offense, particularly from last year, but really the last two years, I, I, I think the – the kind of turbocharge opportunity here is is to add some of those big plays in the passing game. Uh, I like Nebraska's receivers, and I'm including the the tight ends with that. But outside of those tight ends, you know, we we still got to see it. So is that piece there? Because if Nebraska does those two things, um, it should be in pretty good shape few minutes here. Brandon Vogel with us. HailVarsity.com and Magazine uh, Managing Editor. His book with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. And uh, Nebraska fans are, are are excited. They're excited. There's some nervous energy. And uh, there's that, that want, right? They want their team to, to kind of live up to their own expectations. They want their team to to play football at a high level, a clean level, and an immature level as far as handling their business. And then also, here's said game plan, and let's go execute said game plan. Uh, the run game is going to be monstrous for the Nebraska offense, and also let's flip it around here uh, with what you have been able to study from Illinois and, you know, what, what are some worries for you uh, about a black shirt defense that, that a lot of folks have been giving accolades to or, or say, okay, here's what was happening last year. Here's the jump that they can possibly make this season here. What's, what's a concern for you with the black shirts? 
Yeah, it's a, you, you look at that game from last year, and you know the, the bizarre turnover on the first play kind of, I think, overshadows just what I mean. It's the game that sticks out in a pretty good Nebraska defense by the end of the year. It was the one like absolute kind of stinker in the bunch, and you know what happened there. Well, Illinois really set the edge. Uh, they did a good job of, of keeping Nebraska's linebackers inside and, and, and exploiting that part of the game. You know, it's a different coach, different offense, but, um, you know, Brett Bielema is plenty, plenty accomplished when it, when it comes to hurting people via the run. The, the thing for me with Nebraska's defense, and I think this will be really important today, but it's going to be important throughout the season, kind of one of the big – opportunities for this defense to really progress and, and reduce the amount of points it's allowing, they've got to be better in pass defense. And, you know, you look back at those numbers and we look at Nebraska's secondary as a veteran group, which it is, and that's, that's good, but the passing numbers were just okay last year. Um, in fact, below a little below average in, in a lot of the categories that I look at. So is it able to avoid some big plays that way? Um, Illinois, as long as Frost and his staff have been at the Big Ten, is really a kind of explosive play reliant offense. They need those plays to to consistently score. Um, so avoiding those, and I wouldn't be surprised if Illinois hits a couple of them early. But as the game goes on, do those start to become less frequent? Because if they do, I think that that leaves Nebraska in a pretty good spot. Brandon Vogel is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. You know, how about the fact that, uh, you know, a lot's been made of, hey, brand new staff at Illinois. And then for Nebraska, it is it is a wholesale hockey line change at the skill positions, essentially. Um, so n- neither team really knows who are going to be the bell cows, who are the guys that and, and what are their tendencies. There's just very little film to go on because of that. How do you expect the game to unfold as those teams kind of feel each other out? Yeah, I, I it, just being kind of a week, well, a season opener, I guess we're in week zero, but, you know, those games can be a little bit messy too, uh, where you see, I think I come in expecting the first quarter, you, you'll probably see a bust or two both ways for, for those reasons you mentioned, you know, I'm sure Brett Bielema has something that he's seen that, uh, yeah, Nebraska's just, you can't prepare for it because it's, it's not out there anywhere. Um, so you got to watch out for those. I expect Nebraska to get some of those too. Um, they've got wide, they've got some wide receivers that, Oh, Illinois didn't know they could do that. Um, that's, that's kind of Nebraska's opportunity here. And that, that, that and I'm glad you brought that up, Mark, because it gets, it's kind of glossed over as we just talked about, Oh, new staff, new coordinators. Um, that's, that's their too. Um, you, Wondell Robinson, I'm sure most Nebraska fans would, would still love to have him, of course, but Nebraska used him so heavily that, that it does sort of diminish at least the offensive tape from, from them last year because, well, they don't have that anymore. So they're probably not going to use those wide receivers in exactly the same way. What way will it use them? Well, that's one of those things we'll just have to wait a couple hours to find out. Brandon Vogel's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Brandon, when you don't know what Illinois is going to do offensively, uh, I mean, you know they're probably going to run the ball. Um, and it's, uh, 
it's a little different whenever you don't know exactly how they're going to run the ball, what plays they're going to run. But the pass rush is something that you can generate uh, not even knowing what they're going to do offensively. You don't know, you don't know what routes they're going to run, but when it comes down to the pass rush, uh, all you have to do is, is beat your offensive linemen. Uh, do you expect Nebraska is going to uh, be sending extra blitzers trying to, trying to generate a pass rush today, or do you think that, that front four is going to be able to do it themselves? Um, I mean, this, this Illinois O-line uh, has, has some pretty good players on it. In pass rush, frankly, has been and was last year. Um, it's it's not something I come into this year saying, oh yeah, that's that's one of those things you just mark in the the strengths column. So a year older, like I would expect it to be a little bit better. But Nebraska defensively is is probably going to be a team that's going to have to scheme a little bit of that pressure, and and to be able to even do that you've got to keep teams behind the chains. Nebraska's defense did a pretty good job of that last year, and I think they'll be even better on that front this year. So I don't look at that D-line and say, oh, there's, there's your new pass rusher, the guy who's going to consistently produce pressure. I think it's going to be more of a kind of front seven effort to, to be able to create those opportunities for them. Vogue's uh, a thought here on on Coach Frost and just what what this opener means, what today means for him and this team. Let's let's talk momentum for a second here, and that's kind of a, a theme we started the show off with uh, when it comes to the maturity you have in this football team, the maturity you have as a head coach as you get better in in, in Power Five ball. And, and your staff when it comes to, to putting a, a bulletproof game plan together and then adjusting uh, with where and what you need to adjust to as the game progresses here. Uh, have you put your arms around what, what this means today? Is it just, okay, it's game one in, in season four, or does it have a larger meaning for you uh, with the, the direction of this football program? The game of football itself is about creating advantages for for yourself. And it's something Nebraska hasn't been very good at for, for three years now. Um, or it's created those those kind of opportunities uh, and and been un, in, unable to to capitalize on them. I look at this game very similar similarly. I guarantee you if Illinois comes out on top later today, that at some point post game, at some point when we talk next week, I will say like you know it wasn't great, but it is game one. You've still got this. Excuse me. That said, I think the opportunity here is well. I talked about you know they're a touchdown favorite. Touchdown favorites win about sixty five percent of the time. So it's not it's not massive, but you just there aren't a lot more of those opportunities against Big Ten opponents on the schedule. You've got to capitalize on those. And if Nebraska does, well, you're looking at, okay, then you've got two more, two more home non-conference games before you get to Oklahoma. You don't want to put the cart before the horse, but get this one, win two more, and all of a sudden you're going into the Oklahoma game with, with a different mindset. It doesn't make the Sooners easy, any easier to beat. Um, in fact, it'll probably make them more in tune with, with how Nebraska can potentially challenge them. But that's kind of what's at stake. If Illinois comes out on top, not all is lost, but 
it's probably going to feel that way for a couple of days next week because the panic will, will set in a little bit. Brandon, earlier this week when Chris and I were talking, he equated today's game to the 97 Washington game um, for Frost, right? For Frost as a player uh, versus now, 24 years later, that's painful to say, um, as, as a coach. Do you see those parallels potentially? Not, not that you're prognosticating that the result's going to be the same, but in terms of just the scenario of what f- perception of Frost then, right, going into that game compared to the perception of Frost now heading into this game. Do you see the parallels there? Yeah, I, that's a that's kind of a good uh, a good comparison to make. I think that, that Washington game. I mean, of course, you know, '97 Nebraska was in a, a, a very different spot, but you did still have sort of the Arizona State loss and uh, Texas loss in '96. There were there was a little more doubt early that early in that year uh, than there was for a long time. At, at Nebraska and that Washington game, being able to to win the way that they did there, uh, kind of put that behind them. It kind of said, "Okay, this is back to to where we thought it could be and where we, you know, we thought it could go." And that team kind of took off. Um, it, you know, that might be a bit much to to put on this game, but it's close. I mean, and we'd have to see what happens from there. But yeah, it is is a chance to sort of signal a like okay, what what happened in the past is now fully in the past because the past three seasons of Nebraska football have felt kind of uh, like reliving the same one over and over again. Brandon, I don't think the importance of this game can really be uh, understated. Uh, it, it kind of feels like this game is going to set the tone for the season. And usually, when you look at season openers, uh, the coaching staffs and the teams are, are trying to hold something back. But with a, a conference foe uh, coming up in the, the first week of the season, do you think Nebraska is going to be holding anything back it, that they don't want to show their opponents later in the season? Or, or is this just going to be all out, get the win no matter what? Yeah, because it is a conference game, I think it's, you know, you'd approach it the same way you would in late September, mid October, which is, you know, uh, these count. Uh, they all count, but these count for for who gets to go to Indianapolis at the end of the year. So, I'd be surprised if if Nebraska. I mean, if they're in a if they're in a four quarter game, uh, I would be surprised if they were holding anything back at, at this point. So, which which is good. I, I really like uh, opening a season this way with some some real stakes on the line. Uh, it hasn't been hasn't happened very often. At, at Nebraska, um, so it's it's good to get one of those. Vogue's a, a, a thought here with Nebraska. Brandon Vogel with us at Brandon L Vogel on Twitter with Hale Varsity. Is this a four quarter game? Does it go down to a one possession, four minute drill type setting with all the chips on the table, winner take all, or is there some breathing room? Can Nebraska? get out of the gate early and, and go headlock here, put a little sleeper hold on Illinois because technically they're the more, air quote, talented team on paper that you're waiting to see perform on the field here. Do you have a, do you have a, a sense or a feel with just what we'll see today here as far as, uh, you know, the, 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 the way you get to the end result? Yeah, it, it seems the most likely to me that this is a – 
uh, a, a close ball game going into the fourth quarter for sure. Um, Nebraska is Nebraska is interesting in that regard. It's it's a team that I know kind of pursues that you know get, to get a lead um, to play from ahead, and it's just really struggled to um, so far in in this era. And, and that's tough, you know. If 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 Nebraska is able to do that, um, I mean they they did it against Ohio State last year, which is a different animal. But you do, you you get a similar drive, four plays, seventy five yards, or five plays, whatever it was. Uh, you look pretty crisp. It's not it's not a, a death knell for Illinois by any means, but I I think it would really kind of change the makeup of this game, but. Not knowing the, the total likelihood of that, I expect this one to be a little bit of a, a slog uh, through three quarters. And if Nebraska kind of plays things the right way, it should be able, with the depth on the line both ways, um, I think it should be able to use the fourth quarter to its advantage. But I do expect it to be pretty tight. Vogues, give me a prediction before we say goodbye, bud. Yeah, so so along those lines, um, I, I was at thirty four twenty four. I haven't changed that since since I had to submit it on on Wednesday, and you know that might look like thirty one twenty one or even thirty one twenty four going into the fourth, and, and Nebraska is able to to put one score on board there in the, the fourth quarter. So I've got it about Nebraska by ten. Vogue says the win. Vogue says the cover. I love it. Well, enjoy the the pork butt. Enjoy your football. Thanks for all your coverage and everything you do, Vogues. And we'll check in next week. Uh, if you're a Nebraska fan, hopefully want to know, bud. Thanks. Have a good one, guys. Yep. Brandon Vogel with us. Uh, HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Weekend edition here in Champaign. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, and our road trip powered by Aero Brokerage and Ferris Financial Group. And a shout-out to, uh, to Junior and Company, uh, Southwest Freshman Football. They've got their jamboree going, so it's uh, a different opponent uh, with the changing of a quarter. So, uh, junior right now is, is I'm sure, face painting uh, the the eye black and, and, and going. Who was that character in in the program, Cranek, the the crazy linebacker? Uh, Latimer. Yeah, Junior's going full Latimer right now. Uh, it's it's oh, he okay. he too uh, is charged with setting the edge today at linebacker. Hmm. Latimer was pretty crazy. I, I hope your boy doesn't do roids like Latimer did. Well, if if he gets his ass kicked against the run today, we may have. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's for your Junior own good, kid. <laughs> Junior can't set that edge. We may have to go shopping. Uh, Cattle so, steroids, no. I, I heard, are really get the job done much quicker. What does? Cattle steroids. Oh, cattle. Okay. See, I heard yeah, it was. Yeah. I heard it was horse steroids. I heard that was the way to go. Yeah, both of those could pack on 20 pounds in about a week. Uh-huh. Okay, Cranex so says go at the horse steroid angle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, uh, Jay Bird and, and Coach Brett and company, uh, all the all the, the crew getting ready for uh, Southwest football. And uh, yeah, so uh, plenty of Friday Night Lights. Last night we move forward as uh, we get ready for Nebraska, Illinois. Real red reaction. That happens at Houlihan's, the I-Hotel Again, uh, two blocks from Illinois-Nebraska Memorial Stadium. Come see us afterwards. 
interact with us. If you're back in Nebraska, stream us ESPNLincoln.com or Facebook Live. You can watch and follow along with the show. We'll have our predictions here in a little under 30 minutes. The Iron Horse in the on-deck circle. Gary Sharp, when we come back, it's Hale Varsity Roadshow in Champaign. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Glad to have you back. Yes, sir. You heard me right. Here are the guys, Schmidt and Cranach. Well, Hector, here's the game plan. You're going to bring us two absolute martinis. You know how I like them straight up. And then precisely seven and one half minutes after that, you're going to bring us two more. Then two more after that every five minutes until one of us passes out. Excellent strategy, sir. You know, that's a bold Matthew McConaughey plan. One every five minutes till you pass out. Pace yourselves. Kick off at noon. Nebraska, Illinois road show here with Hale Varsity Radio in Champaign. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN studios. Real Red Reaction, of course, uh, follows. Uh, we'll be... Uh, just a couple blocks from Memorial Stadium at Hands. It is that time we welcome in the Iron Horse. Gary Sharp with us. Sharpie, it's football season. The countdown has reached zero. How you living, man? You know what? It's uh, kind of snuck up on us, but I'm glad that football is here. And definitely pace yourself today because whether you're staying in Nebraska or you're going to the game, it's going to be a toasty one. Brutal, brutal conditions when it's uh, heat and humidity back in Nebraska, clearly. But it is. I'm peeking out the old uh, hotel room right now into the old parking lot. And I don't know if this is an omen for me or not, but there's an ambulance in the uh, <laughs> in the parking lot. And a couple people frying eggs uh, as some tailgaters are getting rolling. Sharpie, how you feeling about today here? I know uh, we've all observed had thoughts, and then, oh, yeah, here's the unknown here. What What's going to happen at 1220 today here? What What are some, some keys for you as we move forward? Well, I, I'm, I feel good about this today. I think, <laughs> excuse me, Nebraska's had a good camp. Um, you know, players have been pretty focused. I think they've, things they said they were going to work on, I think they paid a lot of attention to detail. Now, will that take from the month of August into today? That's the great unknown. Um, but I, you know, it's, they're kind of a mystery team. You think you know what you're going to get, and you don't until the game starts. And I know that's not great, you know, in-depth analysts. But I like this football team. I think there's some confidence from certain guys that they're not going to blow smoke. And the way they're talking about their teammates, I, I think you can buy in. And you hope that everything that they built up for, that that carries over to game time. But I like Nebraska today. And, and, and it's important. I mean, Nebraska's got to come out and play well and play sound with a ton of energy and look like they have paid a lot of attention to detail, that they're ready to go when this game kicks off because there's a lot of people watching, guys. You know, Nebraska could be a big pinata if things don't go well today, but I expect Nebraska to play well, and I especially expect them to play well on the defensive side of the ball. A lot was made, Gary, of, of Scott Frost, uh, how curt he was with reporters and press conference settings. You know, you had two uh, different appearances for a combined eight minutes. He typically goes 11 minutes each time. I, look, I, I took it as he's just sick of talking, and he knows that his mouth has kind of gotten <laughs> not, not that he's ridiculous. I'm just saying he said some things that I think have – come out the wrong way and have gotten the team in trouble have maybe been a distraction um i think he's just sick of talking and it's just like he, he just wants to put the product on the field 
I don't see it as any more than that. What did you make of, you know, what was somewhat of a controversial approach by him in press conference settings this week? Well, let's wait and see if he's like that next week, even after a victory. You know, I, I think you're right, um, Mark. He, he, what else is he going to say? Uh, this is kind of a reboot. Sometimes you get humbled. Sometimes you realize that, man, this is a little bit more difficult than I thought. You would hope so. That's the growth of a coach. And I think in Scott's case, and the rest of his staff, and his players, I think they've all kind of realized that, that it's not as easy as it was going to be, even though they came in and said, man, we have some things to fix. I think they thought it would happen quicker. I think they thought certain things they could control. But now it's this year, in year four, just work on the things that you can control. And I think that's why there's been a focus on building up the defense and then being good in the trenches. You know, that's kind of where the confidence level, I think, for this program right now stems from is they feel better on the line of scrimmage. So they feel like they can go into a game and they can be tough and they can be physical and they can run the ball and they can stop the run. And in this conference and in this division, when that happens, I think you have a sense of confidence. But I wouldn't read too much into it. You know, the, the week before with the uh, joint press conference with Chev Alberts, you know, it was not a great look for Scott. But if he's like that next week, then we kind of start to put two and two together. But I wouldn't think much of it this past week. I, I think he just wants to play football. And what more is he going to say? You know, he has said everything. The only thing that he says now is what his football team does at twelve twenty today. Gary Sharp is with us, um, Hale Varsity Radio. Sharpie, let's talk about uh, game plan and, and offensively what what needs to happen. What do you think uh, leads to success for Nebraska? Is it let's roll the sleeves up early and, and hammer the run, or is it let's uh, let's use that advantage we have at quarterback and Adrian let him create what's what's the uh, what's the one on one here? Well, I think you got to get Adrian in a rhythm right away. You know, Adrian's mm-hmm. been really good, especially running the football against Illinois. So I think getting him in a rhythm. But Nebraska wants to be a hard team. You look at Illinois, the transition on defense. You know, we know what the transition is like around here to go from a four three to a three four, and they're going to show multiple looks today. And they weren't very good defensively last year. So I think Nebraska, which wants to run the football, you know, line it up and test Illinois right away. And you've been able to run the football the last three years, but especially with your quarterback. But I think it's important to get Martinez in a rhythm. I think Nebraska needs to be in a rhythm offensively where it just looks like they're stacking plays, where they're not getting behind the sticks on first down. And you start building um, throughout the entire game on the offensive side of the football. And if they do that, then I like Nebraska in this game to put up maybe five touchdowns. But it's important to get Martinez in a flow, get him a sweat going right away. You look at the games, his uh, freshman year and his sophomore year against Illinois, he got going really early, and he was in a rhythm, and things were clicking. He was throwing the ball well. He was running the ball. But I really think that on the ground, I wouldn't be surprised today. I don't think he'll carry it a lot. But I wouldn't be surprised if Adrian goes over 100 yards. Gary Sharp with us on Hale Varsity Radio been a lot of talk about tailbacks and uh, you know who, who's the one that's going to dot the I if they actually do run the I formation, which there are rumors that they might with Yant as a fullback in the special packages. Um, but do, do we think it is um, – do we think there really will be like a bell cow? Do you think they'll try to do that, establish either Morrison or, um, or Step or Gabe Irvin, or do you think they'll kind of spread it around to find the guy? Do you think, though, that it's – predicated on if the guy that starts is able to fill that role. Like if they have enough trust and he has enough success, 
that he's running well today and smartly. He's running inside, outside, uh, reading blocks, uh, finding the hole. That that will dictate if they become the bell cow or not. I think that way. I, I've wondered all week. And, you know, it's we. Uh, you, you talk to three different people, and they have three different opinions on who's going to be the starting quarterback. I mean, it's been really cloak and dagger. Um, but does it matter who starts at running back today? That's the thing. Does Nebraska have three really good options, or do they have a true number one? And is this number one just going to be a week-to-week guy? Hey, against Fordham next week, it'll be a different guy. I think that's important. Whoever starts today, that they stay on the field as long as possible. And if they stay on the field as long as possible, and the staff trust them to do the right thing, and they've already made the first step in trusting them that they're going to get the first carry of the season, then I think that will dictate if they become the bell cow and if they're an 18 to 20-yard carry. I'll be very curious to see how the carries are distributed among the running backs. And then, you know, we've we got to kind of think about what's the number for Adrian on how many design quarterback runs and how many uh, carries at the end of the game he actually has. Gary Sharp's with us here on the Saturday morning edition of Hale Varsity Radio. And Gary, when you look at that offense, what position group do you think is most important for the Huskers finding success? Offensive line, wide receiver, running back, quarterback? Who do you think is going to be instrumental in, in this offense generating uh, yardage and points today? I think it's running back. Uh, I think the running back position in Nebraska needs to be consistently strong because that opens up so many other things. If Nebraska is able to run the football, I mean, this is football one-on-one. Look what it does to the rest of your offense if the other team can't stop the run. It just opens up everything. And in this case, I think it just opens up a whole new world for Adrian Martinez. Does that mean that he's automatically going to be able to complete passes at a high percentage, 10 yards or more down the field? No, but it opens up things that with a running game that is dominant, and Martinez could be really, really troublesome for the opposition. Look it back to his freshman year. When Divine Zigbo got rolling and was downhill and he was a threat and he had a scheme against him, that just opened up a whole new playbook for Martinez. Hopefully that happens this year because if that does, then that bodes well for Nebraska. Gary Sharps with us, Hale Varsity Radio, weekend edition on the road here in Champaign. We're powered this road trip by Aero Brokerage and, of course, uh, Ferris Financial Group. Sharpie, what are you putting your money on? Are you putting your money on the defense being the difference? Is it something that you've been waiting on, i.e. special teams, to make a dent? Or when push comes to shove, is it Nebraska's quarterback play uh, with four-year man Adrian that's had success, as you mentioned, against Illinois, that is the difference here? If you got uh, one phase to, to break through, who's going to carry the water? Well, I think it's a... If you're using a make-or-break side of the football, people will say offense because that's where you have the biggest questions. But don't we feel the most secure that the defense is going to continue to make strides and they develop depth and they're a smarter, more dependable unit? That's my make-or-break unit. If the defense really, really struggles, boy, look at them. Look at how that takes you down and how you feel about this football team. So my money is on the defense continuing to make progress and possibly being a top 30 defense at the end of the year with the caveat, they've got to get the football away from the opposition and they've got to get off the field on third down. If they can do both of those things, then whatever the offense does, you'll take. But I think if the defense is where this year will be the same line, defense, which is the strength, if they continue to be the strength and they get better, then that really, really bodes well for Nebraska because it, again, just opens up everything 
And it really adds to the confidence of this team because that's a unit that you expect to be good, and if they are good, then you don't have to worry about other things. Earlier this week, speaking about not worrying about other things, it wasn't Coach Frost that made the announcement about the vaccination rate, for instance. That was that was a Trev Alberts announcement. Um, and coming in, as Alberts arrived, Coach Frost had mentioned, hey, you know, I, I've been worrying about a lot of things that have nothing to do with coaching football. It seems like Trev is trying to alleviate some of that pressure from him. Um do, do we read much more into that? Is is that Trev saying, all right, we're removing kind of any excuse and any extenuating factor, go out and win? <laughs> or is it Trev just actually just trying to help? Be like, hey, let's, let us take this off your plate. Go do your thing. We're supporting you. Or is it more of a thing to kind of, I don't know, put Frost on notice a little bit more? Well, I, first of all, Trev uh, coming into the athletic department, and one of the first things he was asking about is, where is our vaccination rate? He deserves a lot of credit for pushing along the importance of let's don't miss any football games because when he took over, guys, I was told that Nebraska the football program was about 55% vaccination rate. Trev's been there for, what, six weeks? He announced the other night 90%. Now, I think from here on out, any, any football-related discussion that ha- doesn't have to do with X's and O's and things on the field – I think the athletic director will talk about. I think that's what he will uh, discuss and leave Scott with stuff just to talk about that is football. And plus, what Trev says, and you know, Scott hasn't, he hasn't set a percentage, and you know how he's addressed some of these questions. He's, he's said, I've got a concern where we're at, but then we're getting better. I, I think when Trev says 90%, people go, okay, that, I, I, I believe you. I believe you're at 90%. But it was kind of curious that most coaches around the country that have bragged about their vaccination rates, it's the coaches, not the athletic director. But in this case, I think what Trev is going to do is he's going to talk about football-related stuff, but it doesn't have to do with X's and O's, and let Scott take care of the other stuff. And, that, and that's fine with me. And, so, and in a lot of places, you see that kind of a setup between the athletic director and the football coach when it comes to public conference. Sharpie, can, can Trev uh, suit up today and, and get after – Peters off the edge, or does Nebraska need him? How do you how do you feel about Nebraska's edge play today against the run, but also getting after the quarterback? Well, that's the great unknown. Uh, look out for Payne, though. That's finally he's getting the shot. He's got a full off season. Um, I, I don't know what to do with Caleb Tanner. You know, it's kind of a has he already reached his ceiling? We don't know what we're going to get there, but he's still around. But I think watch for Payne today off the edge, and I think watch for, watch for how they use JoJo Dome. I think they will use JoJo Dome in a couple of different ways to get to the quarterback, but I, I, I get the feeling that Nebraska feels like they don't need to dial up a ton of pressure. They can, they can win some one-on-one battles, so they don't have to out-scheme Illinois uh, on defense, but, or for Nebraska's defense against Illinois' offense, but watch the chess match early on of how both staffs adjust on game day, especially Nebraska's, because I'm sure Illinois will come out and they will show some things that Nebraska's not familiar with. How does Nebraska make the adjustments when they get to the sideline or in the course of a series? I think that's a big part of the early point of this game. If Nebraska is at Saturday coaching, which is a big thing for me to watch this year, for Nebraska to have success, they've got to get better on Saturday's coaching football. 
They can be good Monday through Thursday, but Saturday in this league and in this division is when you make your hay. When you look at every position group across the board, offensively, defensively, it it feels to me, Gary, I just want to see if you're there too and if you're bullish on Nebraska, if you think it'll make a difference. Look, I think your D-line is essentially where you want it. That'd be great if you had a you know a freak of a pass rusher, of course, like we were just mentioned about. But generally speaking, that D-line is where you want it. I think the same thing about the secondary. I think that's where you want it. You got veteran guys. You got every single one of those guys hits. There's no concern about physicality in the secondary or coming up and run support. They're fast. They're big. They're strong. Like, And I think those two things complement each other really well. Are are you there too? Are I'm like I'm very bullish on the fact that like look at all the different position groups. The fact that you have those two on point, I think, gives you a, a fighting chance just about every week. I agree, and especially on the defensive line where you feel like you're pretty deep. I think Nebraska is more experienced on the defensive line, and I think they're better if you want to flash back to the game between these two teams last year, where Nebraska just kind of got run over. Um, and they were still not smart. I think this is another part of the defense. And I think the inside linebacker play will be really, really good for Nebraska. But I think this defense has an element that will really help them. I think they're smarter. I, I, I said there's three things that I need to see by the end of the year to let me know the program is headed in the right direction and can be competitive in this division. Tough, smart, dependable. I think this will be a smarter football team on defense. If you go back to that Illinois game, Nebraska, against the run, they got gouged, but they gave it some big plays, and they had some bad run fits. I think they're a smarter football team with a year older, and I think Eric Chenander has in a good spot with Tony Coyote on the defensive line, Travis Fisher on the back end, third run, Mike Dawson in the middle, but they're all on the same page of what defense looks like, and there's so much familiarity where you can call stuff on the fly and guys can adjust. But I, I think you start with the defensive line, and they're able to stop the run, Man, that just gives you an opportunity to do so many of things in the second level and the third level. But if you have those two things on the front and the back, I'm with you, Mark. That's a that's a nice feeling coming into today. You know, I I, yeah, I wouldn't want to come into this game going, oh my gosh, who's going to be a defensive line? Are we going to be any good there? Because you get gouged. But I like where Nebraska's at in this situation. Sharpie, give me a prediction, bud. What happens today? What are we? Uh... Are we smiling around 4 o'clock, or are there frowns? Well, there, there's the alternative of being 0-1, and it kills enthusiasm. And remember, you got to sell tickets for next week against Fordham. Good luck with that. <laughs> but I think Nebraska, Nebraska finds a way to win today. The 34-17 is what I picked. I think Nebraska will come out. I think they'll play solid. I think both teams will have a lot of energy. First quarter could be kind of messy because there's a lot of energy. There's fans in the stands. There's a little bit of unfamiliarity. But I would be disappointed if Nebraska didn't come out. They didn't try and be the aggressor. It's time now for Nebraska to throw the first punch, not react after they get hit. That's a sign of where this program has made some growth. If Nebraska dictates how the game is going to be played, instead of reacting to the team they're playing against. But I like Nebraska today, 34-17. I think Adrian Martinez plays very, very well. And I think the defense, you will see the defense with a very much an effort of taking the football away. I think they'll get a couple of turnovers. Nebraska will win the turnover battle, which you know, uh, bodes well for Nebraska. But also, let's keep an eye on special teams. That's an area which we'll be able to tell right away. The culture changing in this program, the attention detail, is special teams are on point, and they play well on special teams and win that field position battle. Sharpie, enjoy today. Awesome to be with you again for another season. Appreciate you so much, and 
we'll uh, we'll check in again soon. You have a good rest of your weekend. All right. As always, guys, enjoy the game. All right, buddy. Thanks. There he is, Gary Sharp, the Iron Horse, Hail Varsity Radio, weekend edition. Cranack, it's uh, about done uh, with talking time, and we'll get to game time here uh, very shortly. You all right? You you fired up? You good? A little anxious. You know, I, I think that's kind of how I get where you're just like, come on, come on, play some ball here. Like, you know, look like a look like a well-coached outfit. Put away a team that's inferior to you. And they are like, like call a spade a spade, recruiting rankings, mm-hmm. all of that. Like Nebraska is a better roster than Illinois. They are. Show it, <laughs> you know, because Nebraska has found a way to lose to inferior rosters overall. Mm-hmm. Nebraska has not shown that it has developed talent very well. It hasn't. I think, again, if you're bullish, this is the year that you start to see that take hold. This is going to be a developmental program. A lot of the guys that are going to be playing today have been in the program for a number of years. You know, I think this is the year it starts to turn. And let's not forget, when Frost got hired and it was like a six-year contract, everybody's like, yep, that's what it's going to take. It's going to be a total thorough rebuild. Well, if that's what you thought back then, you know, you, you can't complain too much when going into year four, uh, you know, they're not national champs yet. I think everybody thought this would be a long rebuild, but I think this is the year. This is the time that you need to show measurable progress. And that starts today. 31-17, Nebraska gets it done. Real red reaction immediately following Nebraska, Illinois, not far from uh, Memorial Stadium in Champaign. Is, uh, we'll be there at Hula Hands. Come see us and interact. Cranack, what's your score, brother? I got Nebraska 38. I got Illinois 24. Cranack says two touchdowns. Enjoy your Saturday. Welcome back to Husker football. Thanks for tuning in to Hale Varsity.